haven't met before, my name is John. I'm a volunteer here on the leadership team at Eastside City Church, and I want to welcome you to our service online. Today, uh, Pastor Todd actually asked me to speak on a specific passage of scriptures, and, and it might be uh, one of the most well-known passages uh, where Jesus teaches, and yet for a lot of people, I bet they, they weren't even aware that it was Jesus that said this. It's a, a passage of scripture even that in many cases has been misquoted or misunderstood, um, and it's a passage of scripture uh, that I think is beneficial for us, whether we're followers of Jesus or not. I think there's something here for everyone today, and the passage of scripture that uh, Todd asked me to speak on is one that's found in Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus says, do not judge others. He says, do not judge others. And, and if we were all here in this room right now, if this auditorium was full uh, like it used to be on your Sunday morning, I would probably take a poll and I would look around the room and I would say by show of hands, how many people like this passage of Scripture? You like this idea that Jesus says, do not judge others. And, and I think that for the vast majority of people in the room, you would probably raise your hand. I know that there are some of you that no matter what the question is, doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not, you probably would never raise your hand. But for everybody else, I, I think for the most part, this is something that we could agree with. We could say, I, we like this idea, and we like that Jesus said it. Maybe we didn't know Jesus said it, but we like that Jesus said it. Do not judge others. And I think the reason uh, that we like this particular passage of Scripture is because we don't like it when other people judge us. It's not comfortable when we feel like people are judging us, and especially if it's someone that we don't really know, someone that doesn't know a lot about us. And I, I think when we feel like someone else is judging us, often what sort of rises up inside us from somewhere sort of deep in our, in our belly is this idea that, hey, like, you don't know me. You, you don't know what I've been through. You, you don't know the circumstances of my life. You don't know how much I've sacrificed, how hard I've worked. You, you don't know the situations I'm facing or the challenges. You don't know what I've lived through. You don't know anything about me. Who are you to judge me? And, and maybe you found yourself in a, in a situation where that's how you felt. Maybe you felt like you were being judged by other people and you didn't like how it felt. And so when we look at a, a scripture like this where Jesus says, don't judge others, man, I mean, that seems like something that we can get on board with really easily. And I learned a lesson a number of years ago not to judge a book by its cover. Uh, I was working at a bank at the time, and one of the branches that I worked at was right in downtown Calgary. And as you can imagine, being in a, in a branch right downtown Calgary, there's a lot of people that are coming in every day uh, who are dressed up in business attire. There are people who are walking with an air of confidence. They carry this aura, if you will, of success as they came into the bank. A and what I learned very early on is that even if people looked like they were successful, maybe looked like they were going to have a lot of money, they didn't always live up to my expectation or assumption or, or judgment, if you want to say it that way, about them. Oftentimes, in fact, when I, when I would open the portfolio for a client who looked like they were wealthy, I found out that they were actually more or less broke. I mean, in some cases, they, they made good money. They had good money coming in the door from whatever their job was. It was a lot of professionals. There was lawyers and engineers and accountants and oil executives. 
but a lot of them also lived well beyond their means. I mean, maybe they lived in a nice house, but they were making ginormous payments on a huge mortgage. Maybe they drove a, a nice car, a luxury vehicle of some kind, but they were making big payments on that vehicle. And perhaps they took you know, expensive vacations and they were wearing real nice clothes, but oftentimes their credit card statements and their lines of credit reflected that lifestyle they were living because they were living well beyond their means. But I did have one client who I was often surprised that he chose to bank right downtown because I'm not sure what he was doing there. But he would often come into the bank uh, wearing coveralls, and they were often dirty. They often had grease or dirt on them. And he was a big guy, and he had a really big beard. And now I know, like, right now, like, it's really cool uh, to have a big beard. Uh, but this was back when it wasn't really that cool to have a big beard. And so he sort of like stood out where, you know, here I was in an environment with lots of professionals and, you know, people are wearing, you know, business attire. And there's this one guy that comes into the bank downtown and he's wearing these coveralls. They're a little dirty. And the first time I saw him, I thought, like, what is this guy doing in the bank? And when I pulled up his portfolio, I had to pick my jaw up off the ground because this guy had money. He had lots of money. He had money on deposit. He had money in investments. He had a diverse portfolio, and there was a lot of money in it. And in addition to that, he had a, a list of assets, of property, and other things that he owned, but there was no debt to be found. He didn't have a mortgage. He didn't have a line of credit. He didn't have a loan. He wasn't making payments on anything. He had a credit card, and there was a giant $0 balance. And it, it taught me something important that especially in the banking world, I couldn't judge a book by its cover because you can't tell from someone's outward appearance really who they are. Our outward appearance doesn't say a lot about our character. It doesn't say a lot about our life experiences. And so when we look at a passage of Scripture where Jesus himself is saying, do not judge others, I think there's something that, that resonates with us because we don't want to be judged by other people and certainly not based on things that are completely superficial by people that don't know anything about us. But there is a question that comes to mind as I look as, at a passage of Scripture like this, and that the question is, is there any circumstance then where it's okay for us to judge someone else? You know, is that just a blanket rule that we're not allowed to judge others no matter what the circumstances are? Because, for instance, what... What would happen if I'm at home with my family, I'm, I'm married and I have, I have two children? What would happen if I'm at home with them and maybe I'm having a bad day, uh, I'm feeling a little grumpy, and, and let's say every time the kids, you know, are a little bit loud or they say something I don't like or they do something all I don't like, I'm snapping at them, you know, I, my patience level is at a zero and, and I'm being grumpy and I'm changing the atmosphere of what's going on inside my house because of my grumpiness, because I'm being short-tempered, you know, would it be okay for someone that I live with to look at me and say, hey, John, hey, dad, like, what's going on? You know, or is that, is that being judgmental? You know, or, or what if, what if I said something to someone and it hurt their feelings? Now, I, I don't know uh, how many of you have ever been on the receiving end where someone said something without thinking about it. But unfortunately, 
for a lot of people that have been around me, that's one of the things that I struggle with. I often say things flippantly. Sometimes I'm just trying to be funny. Sometimes I'm trying to crack a joke. Other times I just, I'm just not thinking. I'm not thinking, and I don't stop, and I get myself in trouble because I say things that I shouldn't say, and then it hurts someone else. I mean, does that person who I've hurt have the right to come to me and say something? I, I mean, or is that being judgmental? And what if we take it a little bit deeper? What if we look at, you know, a real, serious, significant issue in someone's life? I mean, what if I had an addiction to gambling, and when my paycheck arrived, instead of spending it on the things that I need to, on the bills that need to be paid, on the things that look after my family, what if I spent all of the money that came through the door at the casino? I mean, would it be acceptable then for someone to come and, and be judgmental towards me by challenging me, by talking to me about this major issue? And it could be really applied to any addiction. I mean, we could be talking about pornography or alcohol or drugs or any number of things that hurt me and hurt other people. If I was living in a way that affected the people around me or affected my own life really negatively, if there was some major issue, you know, is it okay for people to come and say something or is that being judgmental? So, so you see, like, it's all of a sudden not quite as clear. I mean, we don't like it when people judge us, but there really is a little bit of gray area because all, although we like this idea that we're not to judge others, there, there certainly are some areas where maybe... We need to talk to people, or maybe someone needs to talk to us about what's going on in our lives. And so what I, I want us to do today is I want us to look at this passage of Scripture in context with all of Jesus' teaching in this particular verse and the, the, the things that he wanted to communicate to us. Now, this particular passage of Scripture where he talks about not judging others isn't actually just one verse. There's five verses that we're going to look at that are found in the book of Matthew, chapter 7. And it's a part of a bigger set of teaching that Jesus did that you can find in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 called the Sermon on the Mount. And maybe uh, you haven't read about some of Jesus' teachings before, or uh, maybe uh, you haven't read about them for a long time. I want to encourage you, uh, grab a Bible. Download a Bible app on your smartphone and look at the teachings of Jesus. I believe they're a benefit to you and to your life, no matter what stage of life you're at. And as a part of this overall set of teaching that Jesus did, at the beginning of Matthew chapter 7, he starts talking about judging others. And we're going to look at it on the screen together today. And I encourage you, if you've got a paper Bible or an app on your phone, pull it out. Let's look at this together. Jesus says, do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, there's, there's a lot of information packed into these five verses. And I want to go back, and I want to start by looking at verse 1, where Jesus says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. 
And see, when I read that, it, it brings up a question for me. And th- that question is, especially when we're talking about being judgmental or judging others, knowing that I will be treated the same way that I treat others, the, the question that brings up for me is, how do I want to be treated? If someone else is judging me or approaching me about something that I need to change in my life, how do I want them to treat me? And and how I want to be treated is with patience and with kindness and with dignity. And I want them to not judge me based on whatever that one thing is, that one issue, but I want them to look holistically at, at every part of my life and to take that into account, to take into account the things I've gone through, the, the things that I've experienced, the challenges that have come up in my life, the things that I've, that I've worked through, the things that I've dealt with in the past. I, I, I want to be treated as someone who's not just guilty of this one thing or a few things or even something major, but I want to be looked at as a, as a whole human that, that's worthy of value and dignity and respect. See, and then... Jesus goes on and he says, the standard by which you judge others is the standard by which you will be judged yourself. Some translations use the word measure. That same measuring rod or that same measure that you use to judge others is how you will be judged. And that, that's actually a little bit scary for me because I, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's like this internal dialogue in my mind and I see the actions of others. I see what they're doing. And, and it's easy for me to be really judgmental, especially if I feel like, you know, that person is making really bad life choices, and I could tell them how to fix it. And I start going through this, this mental process where I begin to judge that other person really harshly. Now, some of you are really good at this. Some of you, it's like a a hobby for you to look at what other people are doing and to make judgment calls about what they're doing and how they should do it better or what they should be doing. And I think one of the reasons that that we do this is is because it makes us feel better about ourselves. I mean, you know, that other person, I mean, that guy is an idiot. Look Look at how sinful he is. Look at how dumb he is. Look at these poor choices that he or her is making. And we, we are able to make these quick judgments about other people, and it makes us feel like, well, at least I'm not doing that. I, I may have some problems of my own, but at least I'm not doing whatever that person is doing. But when I hear the, the words of Jesus, and Jesus himself is saying to us that same standard that I use when I'm looking at other people and I'm judging them is the standard that's going to be used against me. Well, that, that is a warning that I want to take really seriously because oftentimes I can be really harsh towards other people and certainly in my mind there's sometimes dialogue where I'm much harsher towards other people than I am towards myself and and part of that is because I know what my motives and my intentions are and so we tend to give ourselves a little bit more slack a little bit more grace author Stephen Covey says that We judge ourselves based on our intentions, but we judge others based on their actions. You see, the tendency that I have is to judge other people based on my assumptions about them, based on the limited information I have on what I can see. And let me me give you an example of, of maybe how this might play out in our lives. Imagine you're at work, 
Now, for some of us, this might be a little bit of a stretch because we're not at work right now. We're sitting at home, and we've been sitting at home for a while. But imagine you're back at work, and imagine that there's a coworker that comes by wherever it is that you're working, and they don't look over at you. They don't acknowledge you. They, they, they don't say hi. They don't ask how you're doing. They just walk right on by. It's really easy for us to go through this internal dialogue in our minds where we, we have a conversation with ourselves that goes something like this. Well, that person that walked by me, you know, they're kind of a snob, you know. And then last week, I think they walked by without saying hi as well. And I, I, I wonder if maybe, like, they, they've got something against me. You know, there was that one time in that meeting where, you know, I looked over and they were staring at me and they kind of had like a, they were glaring, you know, they had like a, an angry look on their face and they were looking my direction. And, you know, maybe, maybe this person is really not a nice person. And, and this person is maybe somebody that I should avoid. In fact, next time I walk by them, I'm going to give them the same treatment that they just gave me. I'm not going to acknowledge them either. You know, two can play at this game. If they're not going to acknowledge me, I'm not going to acknowledge them because they're just not a nice person. And I deserve to be treated with respect. And I can't believe that they would walk by me without saying anything. And, and you know, maybe, maybe I should probably warn the other people that I work with about this person because maybe they've been getting that same treatment. Maybe this person really isn't a team player. And you see, it's, it's so easy for us to make quick judgments and assumptions about other people without really knowing what's going on behind the scenes. Now, imagine for a moment that you're at work again, but this time, instead of someone else walking by you without saying hi or without acknowledging or even looking in your direction, imagine you're that person. You're that person that walks by a coworker. And you don't look over at them, you don't say hi, you don't acknowledge them, because in that moment, you're on your way to get somewhere, you got something on your mind, you're preoccupied, and it's not your intention to be rude or to be dismissive of that person or not to acknowledge them, it's just that you're in the middle of dealing with something else. I mean, maybe you're late for a meeting. You know, maybe you just got in trouble with the boss, or there's a big deadline approaching, and you're thinking about all the things that you need to get done. Maybe you have to go to the bathroom really badly and you have run out of toilet paper at your house because there's a huge toilet paper shortage in society. And so you're trying to save up all of your number twos and only do them when you're at work because they still have a supply of toilet paper there. And you were in such a hurry to make it to the washroom that you walked by that coworker without acknowledging them because you were scared that you wouldn't make it in time. We judge other people based on our assumptions, based on snapshots, without knowing the full picture, without understanding the full perspective of what's going on. I mean, maybe that coworker that walked by you is in the middle of dealing with some serious things at home. Maybe they have an aging parent who's sick. Maybe they're, they're dealing and preoccupied with issues with their children. Or maybe there's a conflict going on with their spouse. Maybe they themselves aren't feeling that well, and they're, they're wondering maybe if they're going to get sicker. Maybe there's some other deadline or meeting or something else going on at work that's affecting them. And see, the way for us as followers of Jesus to combat this is to remember that we want to treat others in the same manner that we want to be treated. We, if we're judging other people, know that the measure we use towards them is going to be used towards us. And so that should cause us to stop and to take a moment and instead of focusing on the slight 
or, or what we feel like is the, the, that person's lack of ability to, to just be nice and communicate with us on a normal level to stop and take a moment and say, wait a second, is there something else going on here? And to take that focus off of ourselves and, and the hurt that maybe we feel and instead look at that other person and say, is there something going on? Maybe they're going through a tough time. I should check in with them. I should find out if they're doing okay. And, and what, what that's going to require of us is for us to say, God, would you help me not to make snap judgments towards other people? Not to make judgments based on limited information, but God, would you give me your heart for the people around me. God, would you help me to take the focus off of myself and would you help me to place the focus on being a blessing to those around me? That, that I would be someone that shares your love with people, that I would be someone that demonstrates even my faith in the way that I treat other people and I assume the best about them and I want the best for them. God, would you help me? Would you give me your heart for people? And right now, we find ourselves in a, in a very strange place in our society. And it's very easy for us to make snap judgments about what other people are doing. And I believe as followers of Jesus, it is so critical that we are people who would stand firm in our faith and say, God, I need your help to love others, to look out for others, to look out for their needs, and not just think about me all the time. And, and when I do that, I'm acknowledging that myself, I have things that I need to work through, that I'm not perfect. I'm acknowledging that I need God and I need Jesus' help just as much as the next person. And it makes it so that we're less quick to stand in judgment of others. And that actually brings us right to the, the next part of this teaching. You see, in verse 3, and I should say this, some theologians believe this was the, actually the main point of what Jesus had to say about judging others. In verse 3, he says, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Jesus was raised by Joseph, who was a, a carpenter, his stepfather. And he would have been well-versed in the trade of carpentry right up until the point that he started his earthly ministry. And so when we have this language where he says, why would you try and remove a speck? The, the literal translation actually would be like a speck of sawdust, a piece of sawdust. And he contrasts that with, in this translation, what says a log, but a lot of translations say a plank. So he's contrasting two problems, the, the tiny speck of sawdust, a minor issue that you can see in someone else's life. And he's contrasting that with perhaps a, a large issue, a big issue, a log-sized issue that we might have in our own life. And here he says, why would you try to remove a speck from your friend's eye when you have this major problem in your own life? He says, how can you even think of going to that person to deal with that? We put verse 4 up on the screen. He says, how can you even think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that when you can't see past the issue in your own life? And then he goes on to, to call people that do things like that hypocrites. And, and actually, if you read through Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, over and over again, one of the groups of people that Jesus is incredibly critical of is people who are hypocrites. 
A hypocrite is someone who says one thing but does another. A hypocrite is someone that likes to stand in judgment of other people without acknowledging the issues that they themselves face. In many cases, it's even the same issue that they're critical about someone else doing. They struggle with themselves. And Jesus is incredibly hard on those people who are hypocritical. And what he says here is first get rid of the log. First deal with the issue in your own life. Then you will see well enough to deal with that minor issue in your friend's life. And you see... What Jesus is saying here, very clearly in this illustration, is that we need to deal with the baggage, with the sin, with the unhealthy habits in our own life first before we go around trying to help other people with whatever issues they might be struggling with. Because as long as we try and stand in judgment of other people, we try and point out the faults that they have, we're critical of other people in our life, and we're trying to tell them how to fix things, how to look after things, when we haven't dealt with our own issues, our own baggage, our own sinfulness, then Jesus says that we're hypocrites. And I don't know about you, but (laughs) I don't want Jesus to call me a hypocrite. I don't want to be someone whose standard of judgment towards other people is, is harsh because I know that that's the same standard or measure that's going to be used in judgment of me. And that's why as a a church family, we offer things like Celebrate Recovery, which is happening on Tuesday night. And I was just told before this service that this Tuesday night, the meeting's still happening, but it's going to take place on, on an app, Zoom or something like it. So if you're part of Celebrate Recovery, stay tuned for that. But that's also why we offer times where we pray for people in the midst of our services. That's why we refer people to Bible-based counselors and for therapy so that they can work through their issues. That's why we have small groups and Bible studies where people can be in relationship with one another and we can walk together and help each other learn and grow and become people who are more like Jesus. We want to provide opportunities for us to deal with our own baggage. And, And Jesus says when we do that, then then we'll be able to see clearly enough to help someone else. And and that brings us back to the question that I asked earlier on in this talk. You know, is it ever okay to go to someone that's dealing with something, that's battling something, and, and talk to them about it and say something? You know, is that being judgmental? And, and I want to tell you that when we are people who are treating others with respect and patience in the midst of whatever their struggle is, when we're acknowledging our own points of weakness and places where we struggle, and when we help each other, we can walk together. It doesn't mean that we we don't say something. It doesn't mean that we allow the people in our lives to continue doing things that are destructive and hurtful. But it should change the way that we go about talking to those people. It should change the approach that we have when we go to someone else and say, I, I have something that I think we need to talk about. And, you know, Jesus himself, Jesus really is the ultimate example of what this looks like. Because Jesus was someone who, when he was here on earth, was completely without sin. Jesus really is the, the definition of someone who was never hypocritical. 
He never said one thing and, and did the other. And there's this, there's this really a, a beautiful story uh, where Jesus is brought uh, a person, a woman, who was caught in adultery by a large group of people. And what they were hoping was that Jesus would stand in judgment of this woman. And, and there's a couple things that we don't know about. We don't know how it is that this particular group of people found this woman committing adultery. And we don't know where the guy is that she was committing adultery with or why he's not also being brought to Jesus. But when this woman is brought to Jesus and thrown at his feet by this angry mob of people who want Jesus to stand in judgment of what she's done, Jesus turns and he, he looks at this crowd. And, and this is what he says to them. He says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And all of these people who brought this woman to Jesus, one by one, they turn and walk away because none of them was without sin. And Jesus turns to this woman that has been brought to him, and with compassion and mercy, he looks at her and he says, none of your accusers stand here in condemnation of you, and neither do I. Go and sin no more. And I believe, church, that we need to be people as his followers who have his heart towards people, who don't make quick judgments about others, who don't stand in judgment of others, who don't allow that in internal dialogue to criticize and, and look at other people with harshness, but that we would look at the people around us with God's heart for them, recognizing that we need to deal with the things in our lives that don't honor God. We need to deal with the things in our lives that aren't healthy, that are sinful, so that we are able to clearly help other people, so that we're going to be able to see how to help them and walk alongside them and encourage them, recognizing that the way we treat others is the way that we are going to be treated in return. And so today, as we close our time together, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would give you his heart. I want to pray that in the midst of all of the, the craziness around us right now, all of the challenges that we're facing, that we would use this time as an opportunity to allow God to do a deep work inside us, that we would use this time as an opportunity to reach out, to help those that are around us, not to stand in judgment of people, but to be a blessing to those people that we encounter whether it's on a social media platform or whether it's the person at the grocery store that we're maintaining a good six to eight feet away from, that we would demonstrate God's love because he has loved us and demonstrated his love for us when he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And when you and I place our faith in Christ, when we acknowledge that he is who he said he is, that he is who he claimed to be, that we become people of faith who are able to walk in relationship with God, not because we've got everything all together, but because God made a way through Jesus for us. Let's pray. Father, today, I thank you for every person who can hear the sound of my voice. 
I thank you, God, for the work that you're doing in their heart. I pray, God, that you would do a deep work in our hearts, Lord, that we would not be people who stand in judgment of others, but, God, that we would be people who deal with the things that we need to in our own lives. God, that we would get the help that we need, that by your Holy Spirit, God, you would break off addictions, that, God, through the help of of counselors and groups like Celebrate Recovery, God, that we would be able to walk in wholeness and freedom, and, God, that we would be able to help those that are around us see wholeness and freedom and relationship with you in their lives as well. God, would you empower us today by your Holy Spirit? God, we look to you. We know, God, that you are in control, that there is nothing that surprises you, and we place our faith and our trust in you today, and we invite you, God, to do this deep work in our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. We hope you have a wonderful week.